Hi, Ali. Hi, Tim. How's it going? Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. How's it going for you? Yeah, it's going all right. It's just been a bit of a crap year there, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I assume that's why you are going to say something else. Yeah, I mean, because it's been such a write-off, I think one of the things we can do to get through is just to cast our minds onto something that is more enjoyable, such as music. Very good idea. What did you have in mind? Why don't we talk about music that we both love and, and I guess what we like about it, how it's shaped our lives and perhaps what factors influence the music itself. I see, so sort of diving a bit deeper into the music and understanding why we feel the way we do about it. Yeah, exactly, and, and perhaps challenging some of the established narratives that history has created for some of the music. Sounds like a great idea. How about we call it life's music? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> continuing to follow this person because of x y and z but, yeah. i mean talking of which i think we're going to have the great life's music schism <laughs> the, the sh- split the interregnum between him and ollie over the new oasis news hot off the press exactly hot topic. <laughs> so what's happening what's going on so only a few days ago so this was on friday actually it was announced yeah. by Noel Gallagher in an interview with The Sun that he intends to re-record 14 tracks uh, that hadn't made it onto the previous uh, albums of the band. And he's going to do it without Liam Gallagher. So Outrageous. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was just... I was, I was <laughs> I, it, like, literally, in my notes, in my notes, I've got Oasis without Liam, colon, doesn't compute. <laughs> It is strange. Like, I think for me, this leaves a lot of questions unanswered. Like, the sort of yeah. things that were rushing through my head was like, okay, so if he's going to re-record it, who's he going to record it with? Is it going to be Flying Birds? Is it going to yeah. be with the people who he used to work with in Oasis that he still actually gets on with? So people like uh, Jim, Jim Arch. Jim Arch. Andy Bell. No, he doesn't speak to Andy Bell. Really? Why was Andy Bell? Oh, God, okay. I think it was because, you know, it goes back to the split in 2009. Like, I think, okay. did you ever watch that interview he did for, with Absolute Radio, like a couple of years later, when he kind of finally told his side of the story to the public as he was kind of releasing his first album? Uh, no, I, I don't remember that, actually. If, I did, if I did watch it, I don't, I don't remember it. I, yeah. yeah, like I said, I mean, I, yeah, go on then. Sorry, go on. I mean, yeah. It's on YouTube, you'll be able to find it. But basically, in the story, he describes how, like, when, you know, him and Liam were, you know, having their argument and guitars against Smash and whatnot, uh, <laughs> and Andy Bell was just kind of sat, not really doing anything, you know, just apparently just looking at his shoes or something. So basically, yeah. I think Noel was almost looking at Andy and saying, well, you know, you're basically complicit in this because you're not challenging Liam or whatever. To be honest, I, I find, I think that most people, when they're, in a situation like that, would probably do the same thing. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think most people are, uh, unless they do a lot of arguing themselves, they're not. They don't really 
yeah. they try not to get involved because they think that getting psychological here, but like you know, if they're associated with you know getting hit or something, they would just avoid at all costs engaging in any way. Which... Well, it would get physical between them, wouldn't it? That's the thing. But this is what I'm trying to understand. Like, so they've worked together for a very long time. What mm. the depth of dislike? Because it's just it's just trying to all I want. I'm trying to work out who's to blame, basically. I suppose, but. But go on, what were you saying? Sorry. This is my interpretation of it. I think maybe Noel doesn't speak to Andy, maybe because of how he was in that moment, but also maybe just how things panned out later on. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that perhaps wasn't reported or anything. I mean, this is the thing, because Andy Bell, Jim Archer, um, Chris Sharrock, the drummer, they formed BDI with Liam. Yeah. So Jim and Chris worked with Liam as well, and yet now they work with Noel and, and Flying Birds, or they did, on the yeah. most recent sort of album. If there was any problems between them, it's obviously been patched up, or maybe there wasn't in the first place. I, I don't know, but um, I guess the point is we, we don't really know at this stage how Noel is really going to re-record songs. Is he just going to do it all himself, or is he going to, like, yeah, is he going to get some of the band back together? And, yeah. they, and also it brings up the question of, you know, yeah, ultimately, if Liam is not involved, it, can you really say it's Oasis? I mean... Well, I think legally speaking, doesn't he own... I think... Well, yeah, yeah. This, this is the thing. Noel, yeah. he controls the purse strings and the rights. You know, he can... Ever since they kind of got their first contract and around time of definitely maybe and everything, you know, I think from a legal standpoint, Noel, just, he owns it all, really. Yeah, it's definitely technically possible. That he could do it. Oh, yeah. Le- legally and technically, he can release it under the name Oasis. But yeah. obviously, the problem you're going to highlight, I suspect, is how will the fans see that? Like, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the thing is, obviously, yeah, if you look at the Oasis back catalogue, there are songs that Noel sings on, which are great. You know, obviously, the most famous one being Don't Look Back in Anger, but also uh, that one from Don't Believe the Truth. <clears throat> what was it called? The importance of being important idle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's a re- really good, really yeah. good song, actually. But yeah. So within within the back catalogue, Noel has his place as as also being a singer, you know, leading on certain songs. But it yeah. is mainly Liam in the main. That is Liam's purpose. It was Liam's purpose in the band. He was a singer, so naturally he's going to feature on most of the songs as a vocalist. Yeah. So imagine a whole album of no Liam, but it's Oasis. Yeah. yeah. It's impossible to yeah. ask the question, isn't it? It's like, why is this? Liam's attitude in general, as a, I mean, yeah, I don't know whether this will be noticeable to the very casual fan, but like Liam's attitude in general brought more to the band than. I mean, I know Noel and Liam are very similar in terms of their background and their sort of attitude towards stuff. You know, they don't miss an opportunity to slag off another band or yeah. slag off another artist or whatever. But like, Liam has a sort of slightly more innocent way of doing it, whereas Noel seems slightly more. Um, He's a bit like the Rolling Stones, where you sort of, yeah, okay, it's all rock and roll, but like somehow they've managed to not only keep it together for like long after all of their rivals have gone down, but it's almost like they've never been outsmarted. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're actually much more switched on than they pretend to be. Whereas yeah. Liam's like the real deal. He's like, but yeah, he, he gives the impression of just being slightly off the rails. Yeah. You know, if you were at a party and Noel and Liam were there, Liam would be the instigator of the atmosphere, almost like, you know, the, he'd be the life of the party, whereas Noel yeah. was kind of more the conversationalist, the guy telling his war stories kind of thing.
what do you think they fell out about? I mean, I know it's a silly question because I just like you know, yeah. brothers, and I know from obviously, I assume you probably have the same thing. But like when it comes to brothers, it's like the smallest squabble becomes like it's almost like you're arguing about who's the better brother somehow. I don't really know what how to describe it otherwise. But it's almost like you're it's like any small disagreement becomes like this massive thing, which you have to be really aware of. Otherwise, you could just disagree about everything. I suppose it's impossible to make any guess on that. There's probably a number of factors, really. I think part of it is the attitude difficulties that perhaps Noel had with Liam. I think, you know, this notion of, you know, his guitar being broken or whatever. I don't know if it was Noel's guitar or so it was just someone's guitar and then Liam broke it apparently and there was food being chucked around in the dressing room. And I think Noel probably kind of you know, reached a breaking point, I guess. He was like, yeah, I can't, he basically just can't handle that anymore. Maybe he just got to a point where it's like, you know what, I'm too old for this. I think that was probably one of the factors. But, but I think reading, kind of reading into, you know, the kind of stuff that gets reported and salacious gossip columns and stuff, I think it's a lot more personal than that. Like apparently like Liam has, you know, he's kind of said not particularly nice things about Noel's wife or like has tried to Wow. You know, contact Noel's daughter or, you know, just stuff like that. I don't know. Like, it, none of this is necessarily proven. It's more like accusational. But yeah. it's, I, I suspect that Noel's dislike of Liam is beyond professional. I think it's also personal as well. I think it's very deeply rooted. And that's why I think Noel is probably just not ever really going to want to get back together with him because I think he just... The way Liam's been over the years, I think Noel's has kind of just gone, I can't make my piece of that, really. I guess everyone's got their limit, haven't they? And To an extent, yeah, I think, I think yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like, if he's always been there, it's always been the impression I get. Maybe this is wrong. Obviously, nobody can say anything because this is all completely alleged. Yeah, It's like Liam is always like the one who makes the mess, and then Noel has to sort of try and somehow tidy it up, basically, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, like Liam is always getting himself into... I mean, yeah, the recording on Wibbling Rivalry. (laughs) Yeah, all all that time ago, maybe potentially sums it up, yeah, in the sense, because it's kind of like he was on the ferry or something and just smashed up the bar or something, like for whatever reason. And Noel had to bail everybody out and do all the cleanup work. And 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 it seems to be that that, it's almost like, you know, psychologically deep down, Liam always knows that's going to happen. So he'll just keep doing it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't doesn't make any moves to actually change. This is another really interesting, really insightful line, which I discovered in a Libertines documentary recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that was Carl Barrett. This is like the Libertines, when they got back together in 2014 or whatever it was, to record that album, you know, after being apart for however many years. And Carl Barrett just like looks at the camera and says something like, you know, he's like down in Brick Lane or something, and he's just chatting away, you know, as they do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, so, sort of realised how calming a night's sleep could be. And it, <laughs> And it's like, it's like, it's kind of like very, it's this really, really, really funny, almost childish insight into how these people, you know, pop stars, rock stars, whatever, how they live. And to the extent that they can't control themselves because even like something as basic as having a good night's sleep is not what they're getting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean? Yeah. You can see how these things happen. Like they completely get out of control. And then yeah. if you add in alcohol, drugs, and all the other stuff, all mm. the other pressures, it's like you can sort of understand how they get into this kind of state. It's bloody wild. And I can imagine Liam was probably uh, up there with the best when it comes to all the other stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, at the risk of doing a uh, a podcast plug here, there's there's a really good podcast <laughs> I, I listen to called Disgraceland, and it talks exactly about how dysfunctional like rock stars and other like famous performers and musicians have been over the years. And like, there's an episode on on a different artist each time, and it it's partly like based on facts, but also like the presenter does some artistic. Yeah, well, you can, you with, can, with, I think, with, the, with the storytelling, and it's hilarious. It's great because well, everybody, yeah. everybody's kind of hu- everybody's kind of human, aren't they? So I think, yeah. you know, to a certain extent, you can understand where where these things go, especially if, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on it, but like, yeah, you know, when you when you're aware that you're doing something which is bad, mm. you can stop it. But if you're yeah. not aware that it's you, <laughs> there's yeah. no way. There's no way you're going to be able to stop it. And and if you're under, yeah, you know, like I said, under the influence of any any of these things, then it's even worse like that because you're not aware of what you're doing. Absolutely. Time. And uh, also the fact that most of them are like really basically teenagers by the time they get famous, so it's almost like they never grow up. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. If you look at anyone who's had to deal with a sudden rush of fame, very rarely do they handle it well. Because it's just so sudden and it's such a, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know how many times you've had this discussion with your mates about, oh, you know, what, what would you do if you won a lottery? That kind of thing. It's like, <clears throat> it's yeah. actually hard to imagine just how life changing it must be to go yeah. through something like that. Because because all these things that you, you currently take for granted, like, you know, just being able to walk down the street and not be pestered by another member of the public or not to have your privacy invaded or not to have someone troll you just because you've expressed an opinion on you know online or whatever all of that just goes out the window once you become famous and like some people want to be famous and that's fine but other people probably just like really really just want to be in a band they really they just want to you want to get their music out there, but they may not really necessarily want the fame itself and therefore may not necessarily be prepared for it. And I don't see how you can ever really be prepared for it. It's not something you can train for. It's purely circumstantial. You can't, well, I, you can't control your circumstances to an extent, really. So it's... I think, I, I think um, this is actually really interesting because it, it touches on something that I've been thinking about for a while, about if you'll forgive the grandiosity of this, the podcast has gone to another level now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The meaning of life. Mind blown. Here we go. I'm, I'm ready for it. We've, we've, all right, I might listeners, say we've just gone stratospheric. <laughs> hang on to your seats. I might have, I might have, um, or, or yeah, I, I might have, um, yeah, we might have gone too far. I might have to, you know, this might have to be a preview for the next episode, potentially, <laughs> where we could discuss it in more detail. But essentially, and it connects to this, but right. So let's say you think you really want to be famous, right? Because you've got this impression that it will solve all your problems, right? Mm. But actually, in reality, life is, this might not be scientifically true, but almost always, you know, 50-50, bad and good, right? Yeah, Regardless, yeah. because you're human, right? So you, yeah. you always have the same issues. <clears throat> Obviously, when you become rich and famous, certain issues will disappear, but certain issues will remain. And you'll also get some more issues, as you've just said, you know, anything you do outside, somebody will see you do it or be interested in seeing you do it, whatever. If you're suddenly rich, then you've also got this problem that people will suddenly become your friend just because of that reason. And they're not real friends, whatever it may be. So that's interesting because people think that this is from a TED talk, by the way. So just to clarify, I'm not, although it's very cringe 
and obviously very cliched. It's kind of makes sense, mm. but it's also feeding into this whole meaning of life thing I've got going on right now, is that success does not equal happiness. So people getting famous, they think it's going to make them happy. It's going to mm. solve all their problems. But actually it doesn't at all. It just changes them a bit. They're still the same person, essentially. Yeah, unless they've done something radical. Yeah. The point is to embrace the process of becoming that thing that you want to be mm. without assuming that that is going to somehow assuming that that's going to somehow change your life in a way that is just like going to solve all your problems. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to sort yeah. of almost solve the problems and then it will happen. Do you know what I mean? And then when you get to the point where you are that thing, it's almost like you look around and you're like, oh, wow, I'm that thing. But you've already changed everything in your life to the point where you don't need to now think about all the big problems because you've sort of already thought about them. Do you see what I'm saying? I know it's not a very good way of describing it, but no, I think, I think, I think um, like I said, is, yeah, this yeah. is very, very, <laughs> it's a very, very early way of thinking about it. If you're like becoming famous is like a result, like mm. you want to achieve this result. So you do anything to achieve this result. But obviously in the process of doing anything, you, you know, sell naked pictures of yourself to a magazine or you don't do the music you want to make or you, you know, do any of these things, which obviously would be corrupting to your soul in a sense in the process, then what is the point of being famous? Because you're just going to hate it. But if you do it in a way that you, if you, if it's like you're sort of, I am going to do this thing, which is going to get me the result, you know, the process of recording music. What I am is someone who does music, you know, for example. And then through that process of doing that thing, which you love, you become more of the person that you want to be because you love doing it and you keep doing it because you love doing it. But then you get the result at the end of it anyway, because you sort of navigated through it in a mindset of this is who I am, if you know what I mean. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's very yeah. difficult to describe possibly no. on, a, on a podcast, but... No, I, um, I, I, I get it. Like, I mean, because you, yeah. you, your head's already in the space that you want it to be in yeah. because of years of... Because there's no change, if you know what I mean. You're in the mindset, oh, you know, I'm this recording artist. It's not like you tick it off as soon as you get it. You're a recording artist for you know, years and years and years. But the fame element via being a recording artist you could become famous but like it's like once you become famous it's not like you stop doing everything or yeah. change your life in some way because you're still a recording artist so you just carry <laughs> on doing it i think this sometimes is why rock stars just carry on it's because they just love it so much isn't it really yeah yeah i think to distill it further what we're saying is there's a difference between wishful thinking which is yeah. basically yeah if i get rich and famous it'll solve my problems that on, on the one side and then on the other side is actually embracing a sense of purpose in your life, achieving meaningful yeah. success, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Having, having meaning in your life. I think that's what provides yeah. happiness. It's like if what you yeah. enjoy is recording music and that's yeah. what makes you happy and that's, and that's what's giving you purpose, a sense of purpose to get out of bed every morning and, and just do yeah. what you do, then, yeah. then great, carry on doing it. And yeah, if it does come with some financial success and some fame, great, but you're not doing it because of that you're doing it ultimately because you enjoy it whereas yeah, exactly. if you're if you're if you're doing something just as a means to an end then it's different and i think yeah you know someone said to me really a happy life is about the process it's not about yes, the end exactly. state really yeah you know, absolutely if you're living your life with this kind of ultimate end state in mind then yeah. you ignore the journey yeah. You know? And in fact, I think, I think in some ways you would waste the journey. Like, you know, the journey is to somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's like people who, if they won the lottery, they would leave their job, for example. Mm. I suppose to some extent, some of us would pivot towards things that we more enjoy because, yeah. you know, you wouldn't like, 
some people would say, oh, you know, I've never work again. It's like, okay, well, unfortunately, <laughs> that is not what we're really designed for. So this is sort of un- sort of why people become um, railed. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, I know, I know we, should, we sort of um, we have gone down a little bit of a plug hole there. Sorry, I, don't, I sort of <laughs> derailed the entire podcast by talking about this. But um, but yeah. <laughs> so basically, I think Liam was more about, yeah, I'm, I'm rich and famous now, so what do we even need to bother with this? Whereas Noel was more like, yeah, I, I always enjoyed writing music. No evidence for this whatsoever. <laughs> but purely based on what they seem to do mm. with their time. Yeah, Liam seemed to just spend his time beating people up and having fights and stuff. Whereas Noel seemed to be completely, well, not always completely zen, but pretty much zen the entire time, except when Liam was trying to get in his face for something. Yeah, I agree to an extent in the sense of Noel was the responsible older brother. So even though he would partake in some of these acts of debauchery. Yeah, because um, Noel was quite a lot older than Liam. Do you know what I mean? Five years, five years older. Yeah, it was only five. I thought it was, I thought it was like... Uh, was was Noel born in sixty three or five or something like that? You know, he's, he's in his fifties now, I think. Wow. So, all than, all than I thought. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. yeah. Liam is younger. Um, Liam, I think, was born in the seventies. I think the early seventies. So, if you think by the time, definitely, maybe he was out. You know, Liam is in his early twenties, so he's like twenty two, twenty three, you know, that kind of age. Whereas Noel is already approaching thirty by the time you know Morning Glory is is out. Yes. And they're, they're sort of they're two, two sides of a quite yeah you know, what has been for me a significant developmental decade. You know what I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think the thing is is that both Noel and Liam, I think they both wanted the success and the fame, but they handled it differently to an extent. So Noel, you know, I think he liked the attention. I think he liked having the platform to say you know how great his music is, how great the band is, how crap other bands are that kind of thing yeah but even (laughs) even though he would also partake in drinking and drugs and all that he kind of cleaned up his act eventually later on really in in the in the 90s i think after be here now he he got his act together a bit more and uh and he and ultimately generally speaking he was just a more responsible brother you know he wasn't the one getting kicked off a ferry or anything like that whereas um was liam he, I think, particularly in that decade, and 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 you know, arguably into the the following decades, you know, he he was about the lifestyle. He was about. He's obviously a, a musician as well. You know, he enjoyed being the band. You know, he liked singing and, and everything. But also, he lived the persona of a rock star. You know, he he's like, come on, let's have it. You know, otherwise, what's the point of being in a band? And I think that probably just didn't sit too well with Noel when he's trying to hold the band together and try and be a, a you know, a considered like a serious, serious musical act, you know? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. In, in some ways it's a double-edged sword, you know, it's like, yeah, it gives us this kind of hard edge reputation, but at the same time, it also diminishes the credibility as well of the band. Um, well, especially well, when it comes to, you know, actually doing, I don't know, just makes them look a bit more childish, I suppose, doesn't it? it yeah, it does. But I think the, the thing I wanted to say was, I think like Liam arguably is, you know, he's he's a lot, he's grown up a bit, I think, certainly in the last decade. I think, have you seen his film as it was? Have you seen that? that no, I haven't actually. That's a good, that's a good show. I might look at it today. <laughs> it's on YouTube if you, if you want to watch it, I think. But anyway, like in that, you know, he kind of reflects on his life, but also like the, the kind of, particularly in the run up to like him doing his first solo album stuff. And you, yeah. you can tell that he's, 
he's got his head screwed on a bit better nowadays. Like he's not doing the drinking and drugs as much as he used to. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's got yeah. kids and stuff and he has to be a responsible father and, and all that stuff. So he's going to be less likely to do the sorts of things he used to do, like even in 2009, which was the catalyst for non-splitting from the band. Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, Liam's more mature, but to what extent is the attitude part still going to be a problem? The way they, they're just going to argue again, and maybe it gets physical or whatever. I think that, but this is the, the thing is, is like Liam, you almost feel sorry for him because it's like, you know, his heart is ultimately in a good place. Like he just wants to get back together with his brother again. He wants to have a relationship with again. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. even, even if that doesn't mean being an oasis, but like he wants to, yeah, he wants to make it all work again. And he's reached out many times, but yeah. I think, yeah. I think Noel just, I just wonder if he just can't get past it. He just can't get past the, well, I, I think, to, to, you know, yeah, I mean, to, yeah. To, to some extent, I think Noel was pretty worried that he would just go fall back into that exact same pattern again, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, that's understandable for him to think that given the, all the kind of the evidence supporting it, really. Yeah. But it is a shame. Equally, and there's this notion of, you know, a 14 track Oasis album yeah. without all yeah. of Oasis in it. You know, yeah. this is why I was thinking, you know, why doesn't he just just release it as a solo album? If you look at his first solo album, which is my personal favourite, you know, quite a few of those songs were would have been Oasis songs. Stop the clocks on that album. Like that is yeah, an Oasis he, song. It was an Oasis song, and he, and he re-recorded it in a kind of the Flying Birds style um, yeah. for the yeah. album. But yeah. also, you know, If I Had a Gun would have been an Oasis song. He did it as a sound, at a sound check back when he was in Oasis. Oh, really? uh, yeah, he did it as, as a sound check song when he, you know, when he's still writing it. So I think for me, that first album is still quite Oasis sounding, and I think that's because he's transitioning from being an Oasis to being his own kind of solo artist. And obviously, in later albums, he he gets ever more experimental. Yes, yeah, this is Amy. I don't know yeah. what, what he's doing now. I haven't even listened to his previous album, to be fair. But yeah, um, I've listened to the first two, and they were they were decent, especially the first one. I, to be honest, what was, what was the second one called? I can't even remember what the second one was called. Um, good question. I'm gonna look at my. I can't even what was on it actually. To be honest, uh, called... Chasing Yesterday, yeah, yes. actually, I, I, really, I really like that one as well. Actually, that was decent. That was really yeah, good. yeah, River Man is a great opener yeah. on it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the third album, I, I couldn't really get into that. I think it was too psychedelic for me personally. Yeah, but um, but he did, he did, he did like an EP. Was it the Full Moon Rising EP or whatever it's called? It's the one that Liam was ripping off off and saying, "Oh, he's just too busy making disco music with his mates or something." <laughs> But, I mean, I quite, I quite like some of that stuff. But yeah, I think, it, you know, to me, it'd make more sense if Noel was to just do these songs as a High Flying Birds album, really. As we said earlier in this podcast... Legally and technically, he can release them as Oasis songs, but... Yeah, but they won't believe it. They won't believe it. It just wouldn't be right, really. I mean, on the one hand, I'm excited yeah, as a fan that, yeah. you know, we're going to get some new material. Couldn't they sort of arrange it in a way that Liam went in to record the singing bits without Noel there? 
and Noel obviously did all the rest of it while Liam was not there, for example. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, could they do that? Yeah, I mean, they, they, but it's well, purely for a selfish fan perspective. Well, selfish yeah. fan perspective, you know, they could keep the personal contact to a minimum and still pull it off. Yeah, I mean, it's funny enough. I've read about that being an approach used <laughs> for other bands where they were kind of on the verge of breaking up and they, you know, they weren't on speaking terms to each other anymore. They were just trying to get the professional stuff out of the way. But um, I mean, that that is a way they could do it. But it's that's the thing. Like, I don't know what Noel's motivations are. To me, this is a massive snub to Liam. Yeah. It really is because it's like Liam at the start of the year is like, come on, twenty twenty one. Let's get yeah. the band back together. And then <laughs> and then a few yeah. days later, Noel responds with, I'm gonna record a new Oasis album. Yeah. <laughs> without without you. Yeah. Without you. Yeah. Wow. And Liam hasn't actually responded to this yet. So he's I imagine he's probably just been quite miffed about he's it. He's furious, yeah. You know. Probably throwing throwing his TV through the window again. <laughs> well, you wanna be um, Keith? Uh, Chuck your TV up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But yeah, so it's it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? But in Liam's defence, it's not going to be accepted by the fans to call it Oasis. To a certain extent, I think Liam has actually got the better deal. Like because there's a couple of things. First of all, I was I was a little bit perturbed. I think I think um, Liam said something like in the article that you sent me. Liam said something like the amount of money that they're going to be offered to get back together and do a tour or something was like ridiculous. It was like millions of pounds, hundred million or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, which is just insane. But the fact that he mentioned that sort of makes me think, uh, you know, is he for real? You know, like, why is he, <laughs> is it all about, is, it's all about the money for him or is it like, does he actually want to do it? Because obviously Noel has no problem there. Like, he obviously has loads of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because uh, going back to this thing about, you know, the thinking man's artist, I feel like <laughs> Noel, when it comes to the split and who you follow afterwards, although I've kind of followed both a little bit, Noel is the thinking man's yeah. oasis. Do you know what I mean? Because because without him, it, obviously, yeah, well, either of them, it doesn't really work. But without him, he, the songs do not have the pumps. They don't have... You can see this in, obviously, BDI. The songs are just not as good. Mm. But similarly, I do think that there is... When it comes to brand recognition, Liam does have one of the most distinctive voices in rock and roll. That is, is just as much, if not more, of an asset to the band than Noel's songwriting was. Yeah. Like, I've noticed that as Liam has obviously employed a songwriter to write songs for him. It's sort of getting there. Like, it's actually really decent music now. Whereas yeah. BDI, I thought, in the second album especially, was sort of going off the rails a little bit. Whereas Noel Gallagher's is almost like an echo. It's like an echo of Oasis, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's doing something completely different, I suppose. So it's not really, it's not really fair. But Liam could probably just about get away with manufacturing an album that sounds like Oasis. Yeah. But I'm not sure if Noel could get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think... I mean, first of all, Liam is sort of almost like the underdog because he hasn't been as successful afterwards. Yeah. But he also has the voice. Yeah, I know, I know where you're going with this. They Ultimately, it is a partnership. They each have something that the other person needs to, to kind of make Oasis as we know it. Yeah. And without one or the other, it, it just wouldn't be Oasis proper. It'd be a version, but not yeah. the... The original version you know the, yeah, the, the yeah. full package so yeah it'll be interesting to see where this goes really i mean obviously we we're kind of speculating here because we've got very limited information based on uh, an interview yeah, for, uh, yeah. With, with the sun and <laughs> yeah, so. literally, literally our entire source it could just be made up you know like it could be yeah. one of those uh 
one of those speculative pieces they occasionally run on old bands or it's just like they're getting back together it's like you know the, the headline is oasis reunion on the cards question yeah. mark and then you read it and it's like noel gallagher putting out a new album yeah so <laughs> well, you know what i mean yeah. like, it's just like yeah just like the, the headline is totally misleading it's like yeah. factually accurate yeah. but not actually relevant <laughs> it's like book, bookies ha- have the odds on 10 to 1 now yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all, all totally accurate but like yeah. what is it? just sort of meaningless yeah like bookies can be wrong too you yeah. know? So, <laughs> but um yeah i think uh, yeah, on the one hand i'm excited to hear some new material i mean i was just listening to the demo that Noel released last year called don't stop and it's very yeah. it's very like the sound of it i mean because it's just a demo, it's, it's quite thin in terms of the overall sound, but yeah. it's it sounds very like don't believe the truth era kind of oasis. So yeah, what did you think of Dig Out Your Soul? Are you not keen? I think uh, we discussed this already, by the way. But yeah, anyway, because don't believe the I, truth was pretty strong at the time when Dig Out Your Soul um, was released. I I really I really liked it. I, I I certainly wouldn't say it was the best Oasis album, but I think it was. <sighs> I don't know how to rank it compared to Don't Leave the Truth. It's, it's strange. Because, you know, I think for me, the problem, the problem with Dig Out Your Soul is that it's kind of tied up with this, this kind of nostalgia I have from my first year at uni. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, you, yeah, know, you know, when you, you, you're at a certain age, you know, it's a certain time in your life. And, like, this album reminds me of that. Whether so, positive or negative? Well, for me, positive. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, a, pa- it's a package, isn't it? It's not really... Yeah. You can't really necessarily distinguish one from the other, yeah. Mm. So, I think... I guess what I'm trying to say is that, for me, my perspective on the album is inevitably tied up with that, and it's hard for me to detach from that. I yeah. think maybe if I was to listen to it now, I could perhaps have a different perspective on it. And, to be honest, I think... Yeah, you know, some of the songs that maybe I thought were good at the time are not so good now, definitely. I think there's definitely <laughs> some I think like some of the non-Gallagher songs on there, like the ones written by Jem or Andy, I don't I don't actually think they're that good. Are you gonna pull out one specifically you don't like? Or? Uh stuff like the nature of reality or uh, yeah. yeah, just 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 some some of the filler stuff on there. But like the Noel songs on there are pretty good, you know, shock of the lightning. Yeah. The turning. That was a good yeah. filler. That was a That's good un- second. Un- unexpectedly, uh, yeah. I thought Bag It Up was quite good. Yeah. Uh, Liam had a good song. Liam had a good song as well, then. Nuclear but, explosion in there. Yeah. No, it had, it had some good songs. I mean, maybe we should review it, actually, at some point as well. It'd be yeah, good, so. good album to look at. But, we should uh, spend too much time on Oasis, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, <laughs> I think anyone listening to this podcast will realise we're basically oasis fanboys like you know even when we're talking about other bands we still mention them <laughs> in some in some kind of reference let's talk about oasis yeah. well, that's the reference yeah. point yeah yeah that's a reference exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so screw them Whilst I'm happy to hear new material at the same time, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm just a bit puzzled really that because I, I, again, I, 
I, I said earlier, I don't really know what Noel's motivations are because the thing is, yeah. he he doesn't have to do this. Yeah, exactly. This is. Well, this yeah, is what, I mean, this is, yeah. goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like if he's doing it, he's doing it for the love of the music, you know, for the love yeah. of it. Yeah. But it doesn't it, sound like if Liam being there ruins it for him, then he's not mm. going to do it, is he? He doesn't mm. care about the money. He doesn't care about necessarily about the Oasis back catalogue or whatever. Yeah, I think he maybe he's just yeah combed through his archive and archives even and just looked at these songs that he forgot about and thought, oh man, I could do something with this. And he yeah. thinks maybe now's the right time to do it. I mean, we'll, we'll know more in time, I guess, when we uh, has Yeah, to, I hope so, because it yeah. could be a big one. You know? Yeah. Be, if they did get back together. Hmm. <laughs> it could be. You know what? It just sounds... this, yeah, this could be a gateway to that, you know? It's so this... ridiculous when I say that, but it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like when there's... This could yeah. be a gateway to it happening. I think, I think, to be honest, yeah. I think maybe every two or three years, somebody in the press will release a story like this just to get everybody excited and get people reading it again. Yeah. Just, just in case. But with that in mind, I am keenly optimistic. Agreed. <laughs> and want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't care if I'm being manipulated at all. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've often discussed the role of the press in these things as well. So well, exactly. Well, well, exactly. I mean, I don't think you can yeah. discount it. I think, yeah. I think it, you know, it has to be considered. I mean, they, they always have those pictures. Yeah, I remember my mum, back in the day, my mum used to get, um, which one was it? Hello or OK magazine, whatever. And there was always these just disgusting pictures of either of the Liam, uh, you know, either of the Gallagher brothers in there. Yeah. You know, like, doing like really un-rock and roll things, like just totally unflattering paparazzi images of just people doing really un-rock and roll things. They just think, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, <laughs> is that, is that, it like, like almost like, like almost looking like homeless people. Do you know what I mean? Like just kind of like just very unsympathetic. That kind of thing is basically trying to bring them down to yeah, yeah. Is our level. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. these people are human too. You know, yeah. they, can, they, they <laughs> yeah. can they can look ugly, they can look boring. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. It's just like, well, no. The yeah. difference here is that because they are famous, yeah. you're paying undue attention to them. In the sense, yeah, you know, no one's going to, yeah. yeah. no, no paparazzi is just going to take any person on the street and just take a really unflattering picture of them. They're going to go for someone who's famous. And then take an unflattering picture of them. That's purely the difference. It's just it's just the fame, isn't it? I've almost never read any articles about them. Mm. That might sound surprising, but my entire opinion of them is derived from either listening to their music or listening to their interviews, yeah. or their interviews about each other. And yet, I speak to people, and they're like, "Oh, that Mancunian c-word, or whatever." You know. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's like, how, how have you? How do you? How are you so set on your opinion that this person is such a twat? And and you're like, oh well, all you need to do is read an article about them in the press. Yeah, that's the thing, and and, and perhaps perhaps to an extent though, that kind of press coverage, you know, and bad behaviour has certainly dwindled in more recent years. Like I think they just neither of them really are. It's not. This isn't the nineties anymore. Do you know what I mean they're not? They're not going out and doing silly things like they used to you know it's they've grown up <laughs> they've got responsibilities they've got families and stuff so yeah. you know they're not going to they're not really going to live up to that reputation that they used to have but that's the thing that's the enduring image of them and it always will be because that's what that's how they behaved and at their, at their peak yeah. you know yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and generationally you know for the people who remember at the time that is the image they'll have in their heads you know just just like you know with Weller you know, a lot of people always think of Weller 
regardless of style cancel or solo stuff, they always think of him as that angry young man from the jam, you know? I was thinking this earlier. Imagine imagine if Weller did the same thing. It's just like, oh, I've discovered some old jam songs and I'm going to re-record them without... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Without you know, him, uh, uh, Bruce Fox and, uh, yeah, 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 Rick Buckler. Yeah, it's like, I did, I, that's the thing I was trying to compare it to. It's like, no, re-recording re, like, re Oasis songs without... Liam and the rest of the band. That'd be like Weller saying, "I've got some jam songs, and I'm going to re-record them without the yeah, original yeah. band." It's like it, it, it sounds silly in a way. Yeah, but, it does. Yeah, but it, these these are the times we live in. Anything can happen. <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, in in total fairness to uh, Noel, a couple of things. First of all, did he actually say he was going to release it under the Oasis name? Do you know what I mean? Is the report that they are old Oasis songs and therefore must you know it's like implied you know rather than actually truthful or is it more like yeah is it, is it like that and and also you know paul weller versus bruce fox and rick buckler is not quite the same as noel gallagher versus liam gallagher you know i mean like they're not i'm not i'm not saying bruce and rick were not fundamental to the jam but like with oasis obviously you split the songwriting from the voice whereas obviously with the paul weller you don't i think yeah you've got, you've got the same you've got the two in one package exactly yeah absolutely i'm just looking at the article and it basically says yeah, he's planning to re-record 14 tracks that didn't make it onto Oasis's previous albums, and he's doing it without Liam. However, it doesn't actually say that he's going to release them under the Oasis name. <laughs> so so th- yeah. this is a thing, it's implied. This whole episode, it's this whole episode. <laughs> yes, this whole episode has just been a sham. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I'm fraud. kidding. It's good, it's a good, a uh, it's a good... <laughs> It's a good, um, yeah, good outing for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Well, but, but, but to be fair, it's an unanswered question. Honestly, we, we don't know whether the songs will be released under the Oasis name or under Noel Gallagher himself, which the yeah. latter of which I would, I would argue is more appropriate. If he's, you know, if he's yeah. not going to do it with Liam, he should do it under High Flying Birds or, or it doesn't even have to be High Flying Birds. It could just be Noel Gallagher, you know. We'll, we'll have to see, won't we? But either way, this is uh, an exciting and puzzling announcement in equal parts. So uh, watch this space is basically the phrase at the moment. Let's yeah, see, absolutely. See what comes out later this year. See what so, happens, uh, yeah. yeah.